Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. And you're listening to the Grok Science Show. That's right. It's a weekly look at the world of science, technology, and their effects on our daily lives. Coming up on today's program, maybe Camper Stewart will join us to discuss momentum. So stay tuned for all of this. Plus the Grokatron 5000. And our world-famous question a week. Coming right up. Here. On the Grok's Science Show. Science show. Well, there are meetings and then there are sad meetings. Well, what can we do to create more effective, engaging, and enjoyable ones? Joining us today to discuss this issue is Ms. Mamie Canfor Stewart. Ms. Stewart learned about culture and management from her family business, Gojo Industries, which is the inventor of Purell hand sanitizers, before launching Meteor. She holds degrees from New York University Stern School of Business and the Kansas City Art Institute. She has, along with Tai Tsao, penned the new book, Momentum Creating Effective engaging, and enjoyable meetings. And Ms. Stewart, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you so much for having me. An issue I think most of us empathize with here is how to create more effective, engaging, and enjoyable meetings. Why you decided to put this book together? Well, you know, meetings are one of the things that we go to every day, at least people who work in an office setting. We spend hours upon hours of our lives in meetings, and yet no one ever taught us how to do them. Very few people have ever gone to a workshop or read a book or spent any time thinking about how to optimize and make the best use of our time and make those experiences really powerful and positive. So I thought, you know what, I have something to say about this. And I have really great experience from learning and working in my family business. And I wanted to share that with the world. I think a lot of us have sat through meetings which seem to lack a purpose or seem to lack a drive. What really are the big problems with meetings that aren't effective? Well, you hit the nail on the head there. The very first issue is that we don't know why we're actually having a meeting. And that stems from this one, kind of just lack of preparation. (laughs) We're all moving so fast. We have so many things we have to do. And just taking the time to sit down and pause and really think for a minute about what the purpose of this meeting is just doesn't happen often enough. But even when we do, and this is the kicker, right? Even when we do take the time to say, okay, we're having this meeting to review last quarter's financials, or we're having this meeting to you know, problem solve and think about this situation that just came up. We're not actually clear, clearly defining what it is that that meeting is trying to achieve. We might know why we wanna meet, but we don't know what we're trying to accomplish. And we call that the desired outcome. And there's an entire chapter in the book dedicated to the desired outcome and how powerful of a concept this is. Because when you know what the meeting is meant to achieve, now you can decide, one, do we even need a meeting? Like if we're not even sure what what this is gonna accomplish, maybe we don't even need a meeting at all. And then two, is the meeting the optimal format for that desired outcome. Do we actually need to be gathering in person to get that work done? Or could we use a collaborative document? Or could we use some other kind of online format? When we don't need to be taking so much time out of people's day to pull them together into a conversation. And then lastly, once you know what your desired outcome is, 
You can use that to help shape your meeting, get the right activities and the agenda put together. You can use it to help redirect the conversation and keep people from wandering off on tangents. And you can use it at the end to say, did we accomplish what we set out to do? Was this meeting a good use of our time? So that's the biggest problem that I see with teams is they don't take the time to figure out what is the desired outcome for this meeting. And then we have a whole slew of other things that come after that, but I'll, I'll let you jump in before I keep going. Sometimes it hears that meetings are just being held for the sake of having a meeting. Is it your view that most all meetings really should have a goal in mind for the meeting? Absolutely. Every single meeting should have some clear desired outcome, something it's trying to accomplish. And it can be anything from, I want to get to know this person better. So my desired outcome is that we have a stronger connection at the end of this conversation. That's okay. But if you walk into even something like a coffee date, and you don't know why you're there to talk to this person, it can kind of feel like a waste of time. So it doesn't matter if it's a one-on-one conversation, if it's a group conversation, if it's a big conference you're planning or a small gathering, you want to know what it is you want to accomplish. And you also don't always have to send that desired outcome ahead of time. It might be something that you set in the moment when you first sit down with your team. So I know a lot of teams that have a weekly meeting, and it's not always clear that their agenda is going to be the same thing. So you can ask your team members when you start the meeting, what is it we want to accomplish today? Is there a particular issue that has come up that the whole team really needs to chew on together? Or is there something going on with the timeline that we need to really just reorganize how we're doing our work to make sure we hit our targets? Or maybe we just spend the time getting to know each other and support each other emotionally because it's really hard right now for everybody to be working virtually. Whatever it is, it doesn't really matter as long as everybody knows what it is you want to accomplish. And if you sit down and I think we're here to talk about, you know, the financials and make a plan for next quarter, and you think we're here to talk about the timeline and someone else thinks we're here for some other reason, it makes for a really frustrating conversation because we're we're all on different pages. So just taking those few minutes, whether it's you as the meeting planner ahead of time to organize what it is that this meeting is going to accomplish and how you're going to use your time together or it's doing it in the first few minutes of your meeting when you've just gathered together to say, what's risen up for everybody? What is it that's on our agenda for today? Either way, you need to know what you're going to accomplish, and so does everybody else in the room. Uh, For example, dissemination of information, that may not necessarily be the best forum for a meeting. One could just send it out as documents to be read. Absolutely. And we talk about this in our book, that there are seven reasons to have a meeting, and one reading that one reason you definitely should not be having a meeting. And that one reason is you should definitely not be having a meeting to inform people, to share information. That is never a good use of time. There are much better ways and more efficient ways to share information. But it's something that people push back on a lot. Well, if I send it as an email, nobody's going to read it. And if I send it as an email or a document attachment, it's just not going to have the same like warmth or like excitement as if I like tell everybody in the meeting and I explain it or it's nuanced and it's kind of complicated. And so it's hard for me to put it into writing. It's just so much easier if I just present it. Those are all completely valid concerns, but that doesn't mean that the solution is to still have a meeting. There are lots of other ways to get around that. So for example, one way is to record a video message of yourself and to talk it out and have all of that charisma that you want to put into that presentation and to use all of the complex language that feels easier to speak than to put in writing. That's totally fine. Send it out to everybody and they can watch it in their own time. Because the challenge with a meeting is it's hard to find times when 
three, four, five, six, ten people can actually be together. So when you're taking that time to all be together, you want to get the most out of it. And one person speaking out at the group isn't the best use of everyone else's time. So let them watch that video when they have a minute, when they have some free time between meetings during the day or whenever it's convenient to them. They'll still get 80 to 90% of what you were going to say in that presentation. They'll get it through the video anyways. And then another solution, for example, is if you're concerned people won't read the email and it's information that they need to have, you as the meeting leader can ask people to respond on a particular question and then you can follow up with people to make sure that they've responded to you. So if I need them to read this new policy or this change in strategy plan or you know, a new customer that we're taking on and I want to give them some information about that customer before we start working on the project, I can send it by email. And then instead of just sending it off and saying, please read this, I can also include in that request, please respond to me with three things that you, three additional pieces of information that you think are important to know before we get started with this. Or please let me know what you thought was the most important takeaway you had from the document. Whatever it is, it doesn't even have to matter like what you're asking them as long as you're asking them something that they could only answer if they've read the material. And now you know who's read it and who hasn't because if they haven't responded with that question or with their answer, you know that they haven't yet read the material and you can then, you know, use your email hacks and set up some autoresponders to make sure that they get back to you. It's one reason why not have a meeting. What are the good reasons to have a meeting? Yes, great question. <laughs> so reasons you should have a meeting. I mentioned one already, which is connect. Great to have a meeting to build relationships. It's really hard to get that human-to-human -human connection through any other kind of modality. So absolutely have those connection meetings, those relationship-building meetings. There's also decision-making meetings where you have to decide something. There are planning meetings where you need to plan out your strategies, you need to plan out your work plans, any kind of coordination where you're planning out work. There are alignment meetings where you need to be pulling multiple pieces together that are maybe complicated and you need everybody in the room to really help make sense of information or to coordinate different moving pieces, which sometimes can lean into the planning, but in our mind, it's a little bit more about you know, generating alignment and buy-in um, around things that are complicated and messy. There are also meetings where you are creating work together, where you're developing content real time in your co-creation. And then there's lots of other kinds of versions of these meetings. So you might have a meeting that's a problem-solving meeting where part of it is brainstorming, which is another key reason to have a meeting. And you're coming up with ideas and you're ideating. But then there's also a part of that meeting that is around decision-making and you're narrowing down from those ideas what it is you're going to do. So you can use a kind of general framework of what's the core purpose of this meeting and then combine them in a way that makes sense for what it is you want to accomplish. So it can generally be helpful to think first, what is it we're trying to get done here? And then does this fit into one of these buckets in a useful way? Or, you know, are we really trying to make a decision or are we really going to stop just at brainstorming? Are we going to stop when we have a set of ideas or do we need to go all the way to having a decision? And being clear again for yourself and the people in the room to know, are we coming up with lots of options right now or are we going to take those options and narrow them down? That will help everyone know where, where are we trying to get to at, this end of the, at the end of the meeting, which will also just help people feel better because it sucks when you walk out of the meeting and feel like, oh, I thought we were going to make a decision. And what a waste of time. We didn't get that far. But if you never intended to get that far, that's okay. You just know that. The other thing I want to say about desired outcomes and the way to write them, because this, I think, is a, is a trick that people find to be very helpful, 
is there's two ways to write a desired outcome. The first is to start it with a noun rather than a verb. So it's easy to say, oh, we're having a decision, we're making a decision, or we're planning our project. Those are verbs, which are activities. And so, yes, those are the things you're going to do during the meeting. But instead, think about the desired outcome as a noun. All right, so we know that we we're going we're to make a decision here. So at the end of the meeting, what's the noun? What's the, the result? We are going to have a decision. And so now you can fill in the blank. At the end of the meeting, we will have what? We'll have a decision. We'll have a plan. We'll have a list of potential solutions. We'll have stronger relationships. We'll have clarity around the insights generated from the data. We'll have what? And focus on that noun, and that will help you get away from things like, why are we having this meeting? To discuss, to review, to brainstorm, to decide, to whatever, because all of those verbs are great activities, but they won't help give you the clarity you need to know that your meeting is going to move your work forward. During the meeting, though, achieving that particular outcome, running the meeting, are there particular strategies, organizing the meeting itself to achieve that desired outcome? Absolutely. And the simplest thing to do is to start by saying what the desired outcome is at the beginning of the meeting. I mean, there are so many times, at least in my day, where I'm running from one meeting to the next. And even though I literally don't get out of my chair, I just click from one Zoom meeting to another. My brain hasn't caught up with me, right? So when I sit down into a new meeting, or I log on to a new meeting, I need a minute to first just get settled here and to know why am I in this room, the Zoom room? Why am I at this meeting? What are we trying to get done? So start by just recapping or stating for the whole group, this is the desired outcome for today's meeting. Then throughout the meeting, you and everyone else can also help stay on course because we know that one of the biggest challenges is people will take the conversation off on tangents or go way down into the weeds and bring up all kinds of stuff that aren't actually relevant to that meeting's desired outcome. So now you have this desired outcome as your facilitation tool where when someone goes off on a tangent, you can hop in and say, that's a really interesting point, but given that today's desired outcome is X and what you're talking about doesn't quite seem related to what we need to get done today, how about we put that in the parking lot or can you be responsible for scheduling a follow-up conversation on that topic so that we can get back focused on today's topic? You can now use that as a tool right, to get people back on topic. You can use it to shut down conversations that aren't helpful. Um, so it becomes like your magic trick that you have that you and anyone else in the group can pull out when you need it. Oftentimes, not everyone in the group is as invested in the meeting or in the process. How do you get that buy-in? Uh, you know, this is tricky because meeting virtually especially is just prone for distractions and disengagement. So in general, I'm going to go back to desired, effort, second, desired outcome just for a second and say that it can really help to know what your desired outcome is and make sure you're inviting the right people to the meeting. Because sometimes the problem is that the meeting doesn't know, we don't know why this meeting is happening. And so it's not a good meeting because it's not really useful, but also it can be that it's the wrong people. So make sure you've got the right people that you're inviting to that meeting. And just knowing desired outcome should help create more engagement because now everybody knows why they're there and what you're trying to accomplish. But even beyond that, sitting and just, talking isn't always the most engaging thing, right? It's not always the most optimal way to get people thinking. So as a facilitator, there are lots of activities that you can use to help create more engagement and more buy-in to the conversation. So use things like online polls, 
give people time to write things down on sticky notes and cloud cluster them, whether that's physically in person, when we can hopefully do that again someday, or if it's using an online tool to do that. Do things where you go round rob and have everybody answer the same question or give ideas. Right? Use different modes of engagement, which will help people stay more connected to the content and be more participatory, which will also get you better thinking into the room because the more people that participate, the better the thinking will be. So there's lots of tools and techniques that facilitators or meeting leaders can use to help keep people on track, keep them more engaged, make the engagement more interesting. But lastly, I'll say, also just talk to your team about your meetings. I love having a meeting about your meetings. Talk to your team and say, you know, I think we could do better with our meetings. What do you all think? And let your team be part of the solution. Engage them to help you think through what can we do differently. Ask them, why do you think we're having these meetings? Where are the areas, like, why are they engaging? If, they're not, if it's not a good meeting, ask your team, why? Why isn't this a good meeting? What can we do differently? And they may not tell you everything honestly, but it will help at least get them excited about the changes that are coming and maybe bought in to helping those changes succeed. Touched on a couple of times, you know, we're in an interesting era. Technology is a big part of our meetings these days. Do you think meetings have become more or less effective with all of these Zoom meetings going around? I think that they are both. <laughs> I think that they are much less effective in the sense that we can't read body language and tone of voice. We don't read facial expressions in the same way. We don't get that like good positive feeling that we get from being in a physical room with people. And that is really, really hard. And they've gotten worse in the sense that we aren't all great technology users, right? And it's, we can't just apply the same approaches that we were using in person to a Zoom room, right? It's, it's not the same if you're trying to do some sort of cloud clustering, if you're trying to do small group breakouts. It takes a lot more technical savvy on everybody's part to be able to do those things. And so many leaders and many meetings have just kind of defaulted to what's easy with technology, even though there's lots of great opportunities. And then on top of that, we have the problems of technology making it really easy to be distracted and you know, multitask and all those other things where when you're in a room, you get a little bit more of that social pressure to not be on your phone or not be on your laptop doing other things or not be washing your dishes at the same time. You know, meetings, they've always been tricky. They're, they're something that many, many people struggle with doing well, even though nobody really wants to admit that they're not a good meeting leader. It's something we could all get better at. Even myself as a, you know, an expert in this field, I know that I can be a better meeting leader and I can be a better meeting participant, right? There's lots of things that meeting participants can do to help the meeting succeed. So in some ways, meetings have gotten better um, in that we are finally acknowledging that meetings aren't great and people are trying to do things differently and they've definitely gotten worse. <laughs> What advice would you give to try and change the way their meetings are run? Well, I think, as I already said, it starts with the desired outcome. Number one thing you can do differently. And it shouldn't take you more than five to 15 minutes to plan an agenda with a desired outcome and a couple ideas about what you want to do during that meeting and who should be there. So that can be a huge game changer. The second thing I mentioned too, which was talk to your team, talk to your people. Why are you having all these recurring meetings? What is the purpose of them? Do you need to have all of those? And then third, which I kind of touched on a bit, is 
to really look at your various modes of collaboration, right? Meetings are just one way that we work with other people. We have many other ways that we collaborate as a team. And when you see meetings as part of an ecosystem for your collaboration, you can now really start to think about what are all the different things that we have to do and how do we optimize using each of those? So what conversations really should just happen on our MS Teams channel or on Slack and what conversations can happen through a document where we're leaving comments and edits back and forth and what conversations need to happen real time on the phone and what conversations need to happen real time on a video? Because not all, all of those different ways of communicating have their, um, their strengths and their weaknesses. So let's not just see meetings in isolation, but let's really think of them as one of the tools in our toolbox. And for everything we need to get done with our team, we can find the right tool to get the job done. Just to close, if, if anybody wants to learn more about the book or about uh, your work, where can they go? You can learn more about the business, Meteor, at M-E-E-T-E-O-R.com. And the book is right there, meteor.com slash momentum. All right. We were just talking with Mamie Canfor-Stewart. She is the author of the new book, Momentum, Creating Effective, Engaging, and Enjoyable Meetings. And Ms. Stewart, thank you so much for joining us today on the Grok Science Show. Thank you so much. This was great. I loved it. And that's all for this week's edition of the Grok Science Show. Make sure you tune in next week for more from the world of science and technology. If you'd like to contact us here, you can email us at science at groks.net. For Grok Science, I'm Frank Ling. And I'm Charles Lee. Make sure you also see us on the web at www.groks.net. Have a great afternoon and keep on grokking.